This podcast comes from the online service on Easter Sunday, the 4th of April. Hi everyone, I just want to say a big hello and a happy Easter to everyone uh, tuning into our service today on Facebook Live and also over on YouTube and also for those listening later on uh, by telephone. I hope you have a very happy Easter. And uh, just have a couple of things to mention before we uh, get started and I'll uh, not let people come on uh, to the service as well. Uh, we had a great service in Mount Kirk earlier this morning and uh, it was a little bit different from our usual Easter service but we still had a great celebration uh, this morning. And uh, I just want to say a, a few thank yous. I'd mentioned these in the church this morning but I know there's some who weren't able to be there <coughs> who listen on uh, YouTube, by telephone and Facebook uh, as well. just want to say a big thank you to David Cree uh, for looking after our church grounds and our gardens and they're looking absolutely lovely uh, as always for, for Easter and seeing all the daffodils and uh, crocuses out uh, just now. Uh, a big thank you to Brenda and George as well just for keeping an eye on the church over the past uh, wee while. Uh, very thankful to them for doing that uh, too. Uh, also a big thanks to John Duncan who had um, got a, an Easter banner uh, for us and hung it up for us uh, and it just kind of finished off the church uh, this morning for our Easter service. So a big thanks to John. Also to the Beaver Scouts, uh, which is uh, Emma's uh, group. Just thank them for coming around last week and helping to clean up around the church grounds, uh, which was uh, uh, really terrific of them to do that. So a big thank you to you as well. And uh, I just wanted to mention that uh, for the next two Sundays there won't be an online service um, and th there's no service in the church for the next couple of weeks. What we're going to do is the session had agreed that we would have this service today in the church and then we would wait until the government announces what they're planning at the end of April and we would review things uh, after that. And um, so the plan is to have another service in the church on the first Sunday in May. But by that time, I would hope that the East End Church would be opened up uh, by then as well. Um, but I will share the other church online services. There are plenty of churches uh, doing online uh, worship. Uh, I'm sure you will find uh, very beneficial. Um, the other thing I was going to mention, I think I mentioned it last week, is that I'm planning to do a kilt walk uh, to help raise funds for Young Life, to help our young people get to summer camp. And uh, some people have started sort of giving me money for that. I don't have the page set up yet. I'm hoping to do that soon. Uh, but I won't be doing it until the, near the end of April. I think it's the 23rd to the 25th. And Obviously, with the restrictions this past year, we've not been able to do any fundraising at all in the, the normal way. We've not had a coffee morning, and um, we're we're hoping that the Young Life Camp will go ahead in the summer. There's no guarantee as yet, but if we can't use uh, the money that we raise, we'll, we'll keep it for next year. Plus, there's also a weekend away, usually at the end of November uh, as well. Uh, so if anybody would like to support me in that, um, I'm going to create a page and I'll put it up on Facebook and let you know about it in the next few weeks. Okay, I'm just having a wee look on Facebook, just say a few hellos. 
uh, and folks coming on, Alexis watching from France, my dad as well, happy Easter, and Catherine in London and Josephine and Ethel watching as well. So a hello to everyone uh, watching uh, this evening and listening in. We're going to uh, just start off with a prayer. We'll commit our time to the Lord in prayer. And then I have some pre-recorded readings uh, and also some hymns as well. And you're going to hear uh, some readings that are recorded at our, the new building that that we have for the East End congregation. Uh, and you'll get a little tour, a very brief kind of tour around uh, the main part of the building just to see what we've been doing in preparation for that. Uh, and I showed a little clip of that in church this morning. And uh, that's very exciting. And we're looking forward to East End uh, getting reopened again and uh, folks coming back to worship. Um, you'll also see a little video where um, I'm doing a prayer, which I actually used in Good Friday. And I just thought it would be nice for people that maybe missed that just to kind of sharing it today on Easter Sunday. It's just a prayer of thanks for what Jesus has done for us. And although it refers to Good Friday, I thought it would be nice uh, to play it uh, this evening uh, as well. So wherever you're listening, wherever you're watching, let's just pray together. Lord, on this, this Easter Sunday evening, we ask your blessing upon everyone watching and everyone listening. As we bring our worship as we bring our thanksgiving, pour out your Holy Spirit upon us. Be with us, Lord. And as we hear the Easter story again, that good news that Jesus died on the cross for our sins and rose again from the dead, that you would fill our hearts with joy and hope and peace this Easter. Lord, we're all aware this has been a, a difficult year for so many people, for our whole nation and for many nations around the world. And Lord, we pray that we would know the hope of Easter, even when there seems like little hope around us. Lord, fill us with the hope and knowledge that Jesus is risen. And Lord, we do pray that the situation that we currently live in at the moment with restrictions and um, people unable to see family and friends as they would like, people un being unable to travel, and that these would be lifted soon and that we would begin to see some sort of normality return to life and to our worship as well. Now on Easter Sunday morning, not being able to, to sing as we would like was very difficult, I know, for many people. To bring our, our worship and song and music is, is what we do as Christians. Because we are rejoicing that our Saviour Jesus is risen. But Lord, we thank you that we can worship online. And we thank you for the gift of this technology. That even though we are separated by distance and some perhaps feeling isolated at the moment that we can still join and worship in this form and we are thankful for that and we ask that you would bless this time of worship together and Lord as we read your word as we bring our praise and song as we bring our prayers 
or may each person watching and listening today experience your presence afresh that the Easter story would encourage us that it would fill us with joy it would strengthen us to live for Jesus in this coming week and in the weeks ahead so Lord bless our time together today And now we join in the prayer that Jesus taught his first disciples, the church family prayer. As we say, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Okay, I'm going to share some uh, hymns uh, just now and if you want to sing along, feel free to do so. This first one is I Stand Amazed in the Presence of Jesus the Nazarene. And then we're going to hear an instrumental reflection when I survey the wondrous cross. And then we're going to sing in thine be the glory risen conquering sun. And uh, wherever you're watching, wherever you're listening, feel free uh, to join in. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene and wonder how he could love me a sinner condemned unclean how marvelous Bible readings today come from the East End Church's new building in Belleville Street and I've got a couple of pictures I'll just show on the screen just now uh, just to let you see what we've been able to do over the past 
uh, month or so. Uh, we're not quite ready to open yet, but hopefully by the end of April we'll be ready to, to start worship here again. So today I'm going to be reading our Easter story in three parts. And I'm going to be reading from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 27. If you do have a Bible at home, feel free to read along with me. This is Matthew 27 and from verse 32. As they were going out, they met a man from Cyrene named Simon, and they forced him to carry the cross. They came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. There they offered Jesus wine to drink, mixed with gall, but after tasting it, he refused to drink it. When they had crucified him, they divided up his clothes by casting lots, and sitting down, they kept watch over him there. Above his head, they placed the written charge against him. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Two robbers were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, You who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. Come down from the cross if you are the Son of God. In the same way, the chief priests, the teachers of the law and the elders mocked him. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him now if he wants him. For he said, I am the son of God. In the same way, the robbers who were crucified with him also heaped insults on him. From the sixth hour until the ninth hour, Darkness came over all the land. About the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing there heard this, they said, he's calling Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran and got a sponge. He filled it with wine vinegar, put it on a stick and offered it to Jesus to drink. The rest said, now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. And when Jesus cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and the rocks split. The tombs broke open and the bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs and after Jesus' resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many people. When the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they were terrified and exclaimed, Surely he was the Son of God. Many women were there watching from a distance, and they had followed Jesus from Galilee to care for his needs. Among them were Mary Magdalene, the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's sons.
Lord, on this Good Friday, we take time to remember and reflect on all that you have done for us. We thank you for Jesus, who died on the cross for our sins. At the cross we see a demonstration of your incredible love for us, but we also see the devastating consequences of sin. As we are reminded today that Jesus bore the penalty for our sin in his own body on the cross, may we be humbled that he should die for us. Help us to be ever thankful for your grace given to us through Jesus and his sacrifice on the cross. And may we live each day in the freedom that Jesus has won for us, choosing to put sin to death each day and following in the way of our Saviour. We are thankful too that Jesus did not remain in the grave and that he rose from the dead and so proving to the world that his death was not in vain. We are thankful, Lord, that Jesus achieved the plan his Father set out for him. And because of his obedience, we have eternal life. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. This next reading I'm picking up where I left off at verse 57 of Matthew chapter 27. Matthew tells us, As evening approached, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who had himself become a disciple of Jesus. Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body, and Pilate ordered that it be given to him. Joseph took the body, wrapped it in a clean linen cloth, and placed it in his own new tomb that he had cut out of the rock. He rolled a big stone in front of the entrance to the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were sitting there opposite the tomb. The next day, the one after preparation day, the chief priests and the Pharisees went to Pilate. Sir, they said, we remember that while he was still alive, that deceiver said, after three days, I will rise again. So give the order for the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may come and steal the body and tell the people that he has been raised from the dead. This last deception will be worse than the first. Take a guard, Pilate answered. Go and make the tomb as secure as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure by putting a seal on the stone and posting the guard. i 
frozen conquering sun Endless is the victory Thou or death has won Angels in bright raiment Roll the stone away Kept the folded grave clothes Where thy body is the final part of our reading from Matthew chapter 28 and verse 1. Matthew tells us, After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning 
and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here, he has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where they lay him. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the woman hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Amen. I'm, I'm not going to talk uh, for too long this evening um, and this is a different message from the one that I preached this morning in the church uh, earlier on today uh, but I wanted to talk about maybe something that we often don't think of um, very often we think of the, the great miracle of Easter is the resurrection of Jesus but I don't know if you're aware that there was actually two miracles took place at Easter and uh, we're going to look at the two miracles, the resurrection of Jesus and the other miracle that took place side by side and what they tell us about what God has done for us at Easter. Now, the first miracle, uh, maybe you've spotted it already or you picked it out in uh, the reading earlier on, comes in Matthew chapter 27 and verse 51. And Matthew is talking about what is happening at the cross. Jesus has just given out his last breath. He's died on the cross. And he says, At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and the rocks split. Tombs broke open and the bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs and after Jesus' resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many people. So this is the first miracle I was talking about. And at the very moment of Jesus' death, as he gave up his life on the cross, the curtain in the temple in Jerusalem was torn in two. Now, in Jerusalem, you had what was King Herod's temple. Um, King Solomon's temple had uh, been knocked down and it had to be rebuilt. And that was rebuilt in the time of King Herod uh, the Great. And in the temple, there was various different parts to it. You had the outer court, which was sometimes called the court of the Gentiles. So people who were not Jews uh, could um, enter that part of the temple. And then the next part, there were two other parts. Um, there was the inner court and then there was a building in the middle called the Holy of Holies and the the Holy of Holies was a a very restricted place in the sense that once a year in the day of atonement only the high priest of Israel could enter into the most holy place so there's the Holy of Holies and then there was a screen this curtain and then you had the most holy place 
behind that, and that's where the Ark of the Covenant was kept, where the Ten Commandments uh, were put by Moses and also Aaron's uh, staff as well. And so you imagine this curtain, and it wasn't like a curtain that you or I would have in our house. Um, the Bible tells us that the curtain was actually the span of a man's hand. It was about that thick. <laughs> I mean, if you imagine the amount of material it would take. And this curtain was, I think, at least 25, 30 foot high. And that's how big, big this building was. And uh, perhaps even bigger than that. You can imagine the force it would take to tear a piece of cloth like that. I mean, I think it would even take the most powerful machinery that we have in our day to even rip a piece of cloth that is that strong. And yet we're told by Matthew that at the moment that Jesus died, the curtain of the temple tore from not bottom to top, which you would imagine if somebody was there with a machine and they were trying to rip it apart, that that's how it would tear. But it actually tore from way up in the ceiling and all the way down, it tore right down to the bottom. And maybe you're wondering, why is that significant? Why is that important? Why would Matthew mention that here in the Gospel account? Well, the reason for the curtain was it was a, this curtain was put there uh, originally under God's instructions given to Moses. If you remember before uh, Solomon built his temple in Jerusalem, the people of God brought their sacrifices to the tabernacle, which was in the wilderness after they left Egypt. And God had given Moses direct instructions as to how to lay all of this out. And then there was instructions that the Israelites followed when they came to create the temple in Solomon's time as well. And this curtain was to keep sinful human beings out. It was a sign that God is holy. The word holy literally means separate from. Um, so God is separate from us. He's set aside from us. He's not part of the creation. God is our creator and we are his creation. And God is separate from us in that sense. And so God's presence, which dwelt in the most holy place, in the, the tabernacle and then later in the temple, could only be accessed once a year by the high priest as he offered sacrifices. And in order to do that, the high priest had to offer uh, elaborate rituals and sacrifices for the cleansing of his sins, that no sinful person could enter there unless their sin had been dealt with. And so animal sacrifices were offered. A lamb or a, a goat or a bull were offered at various times in the year in, uh, in Israel. And so a sin offering was made to God and that allowed the priest to go in there and access the presence of God. That's where God's presence lived. So I think what Matthew is telling us that when Jesus died on the cross, there was a change took place. Up until then, there was only one way to access God. You had to be born a Jew 
or at least convert to a Jew. You had to come to the temple and offer the right sacrifices. And so that excluded a lot of people. I mean, those of us who are not Jews, who are, we are mostly all Gentiles, uh, I would guess watching today, we would be excluded from that. But when Jesus died on the cross, when the curtain was torn in two, it was God making a very clear statement to the world that now the way is open for everyone to come to God, regardless of race, regardless of background, and that Jesus' death on the cross dealt with the sin problem that, that keeps us away from God. So the book of Hebrews talks about this and it says that we can now draw near to God because the curtain is torn in two. That we can come to God boldly with our prayers because the, the way is now open for us to access the, the presence of God. Because God made his presence manifest in the person of Jesus Christ. There is no need for a temple anymore because Christ himself was that temple. Remember Jesus said to his disciples and also he said this to the Pharisees as well that if he is killed, if his body is killed, he says, I will rebuild this temple in three days. He was talking about the physical temple but he was also talking about his own body. If this temple is knocked down I will rebuild it in three days. And the people thought he was just talking about bricks and mortar, but he was talking about himself, that Jesus is our temple. Jesus is the way to God. Jesus is the way that we access God in his presence. And so we see this amazing miracle happening on Good Friday. When the curtain was torn in two, it also says that the dead people in Jerusalem came out of the graves. It's incredible. Um, you can't imagine the consternation there must have been in Jerusalem that day with all the recently buried people coming out of their tombs and walking around the streets. Um, it's incredible. It was a, a foretaste of what was just about to happen with Jesus' resurrection. And of course, we see other resurrections in the Gospels as well, such as Lazarus and the little girl that Jesus rose from the dead. We're told that when the centurion who was watching this scene at the cross, he obviously wouldn't have known what was happening in the temple, but he says when he saw the earthquake, when he heard Jesus' words from the cross, when he saw this whole scene unfolding, he says, surely this man was the Son of God. And what this miracle in the temple and the people coming out of their graves shows us is that Jesus' death really did achieve its goal. Jesus told his disciples that the Son of Man must suffer for the forgiveness of sins. And he told them that that was the reason why he was going to die. And later on in the New Testament, in the writings of Paul and the Acts of the Apostles, that's how the early disciples understood Jesus' death. That it was a sacrifice to take away our sins. 
to pay the price, to pay the penalty for sin so that we might be forgiven, so that we can have direct access to God in a way that no one had ever really been able to do before until Jesus. Very few people had been able to access the presence of God in that way. The chief priest, um, Moses, when he met God on the top of Mount Sinai. And yet, as believers and followers in Jesus, we have that same access to the presence of God through Christ. And that is what God has done for us. And it shows us that Jesus' death really has paid for our sins. That our sins really have been forgiven because the temple curtain was torn in two. And that when we pray to God, yes, sometimes God doesn't answer our prayers the way that we would like sometimes. Sometimes God says no. Sometimes God says yes. Sometimes God says not yet. But the fact is that as believers in Jesus, we have access to God through Jesus in prayer, in worship, that we can go to him in a direct way that people couldn't do then. And that's that's good news. And then we see the second miracle is obviously Jesus rising again from the dead. In verse 6 of chapter 28, Matthew tells us that the angel that appeared to the women who were there says, Do not be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus who is crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. And then go quickly and tell his disciples. You see, there's something about the the way that Jesus' resurrection is described. It's kind of unusual here. In the original language, it uses a, a passive way of talking about resurrection. That Jesus has been raised by someone, and that someone is God. Elsewhere in the New Testament, it says it's God the Father raised Jesus from the dead. Elsewhere, we're told that it's by the power of the Holy Spirit that Jesus rose again from the dead. And in the Gospel of John, Jesus himself says that he will rise by his own power. And so we have all three persons of the Trinity, when we look at the whole of the New Testament, involved in the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And I think that what that is saying to us is that when we see it in light of Jesus' crucifixion, this is the rubber stamp on what Jesus did on the cross. This is the rubber stamp that proves that Jesus is who he claimed to be, that he is the Son of God. That When the centurion said, surely this man is the Son of God, the resurrection is what proves it. That Jesus came out of that tomb with a resurrected body. And it was a physical body and yet a spiritual body at the same time. See, resurrection bodies are physical, but they're not 100% like the bodies that, that we have. 
it's described that Jesus appeared as if coming through a wall to his disciples. He just appeared there. Normal bodies don't do that. And yet Thomas was able to put his hands in the, the wounds and Jesus hands where the holes were, where the nails were. And Jesus said, put your hand here on my side and see, I'm, I'm real. And Jesus ate food. And ghosts don't eat food. There was something unusual about Jesus' body. It was a resurrected body. And that resurrected body shows us that he really was God. God come to earth as a human being in Jesus Christ. And that God in Jesus had offered himself on the cross for us so that we might have access, clear access to God, that our sins might be forgiven, that we would have eternal life and that the promise of Easter is that one day we will have a resurrection body just like Jesus. You know, one day God is going to recreate this world and we will have resurrection bodies just like Jesus. And the Bible's clear when a person dies, their spirit goes immediately to be with God. Remember the thief on the cross who said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, this day you will be with me in paradise. And that man was with Jesus in his presence that very day that he died. But there is a day far off in the future when we will receive these resurrection bodies just as Jesus had. And we will enjoy the new heaven and the new earth that tells us about in the book of Revelation. That the Easter story is about resurrection and new life and recreation. But it's only a foretaste of what is to come. What is to come far surpasses the glory and the beauty of the resurrection. We will see Jesus face to face. We will see him as he really is. And we will be like him. Paul tells us in 1 Thessalonians, we will be like him with our resurrected bodies. So these two miracles together really are good news. That Jesus made a way for our salvation on the cross. The curtain was torn in two. And the need for sacrifices, the need for a temple was done away with forever that we can access God as forgiven people. And that as we access God through Jesus, we also receive his risen life within us, that resurrection life. That one day when we die, just as the thief on the cross died on Good Friday, we will be with him in paradise. But we also look forward to that our own resurrection, when we will be raised with resurrection bodies just like Jesus. The Easter story is the most amazing story I think that has ever been told, but it is a true story. 
the evidence for Easter is, is overwhelming. That Jesus really did die on a Roman cross and Jesus really did rise again from the dead. And I know all of us can have doubts at times, doubts about whether we're really forgiven, doubts about eternal life, doubts about whether God is still faithful, whether God is still listening, whether God hears our prayers. But Jesus' death and resurrection shows us very strongly and very clearly that God is someone that we can trust. That what God did that Easter proves to us who he is and that it is good news for us now and for always. We pray together. Lord, on this Easter Sunday we thank you for the good news. We thank you for these two miracles in the Easter story. The miracle of the curtain being torn in two and the dead being raised to life throughout Jerusalem. An extraordinary event. And as the ground shook, even a Roman centurion, a man who was not a Jew, proclaimed, surely this man was the Son of God. Lord, may we be encouraged and strengthen our faith in knowing that these events prove to us that what Jesus set out to do he really did. Jesus' death on the cross was not a wasted life. He did not die in vain. And that his resurrection from the dead shows that his sacrifice that he made for us is acceptable. There is no more need for us to offer a sacrifice of animals, to offer a sacrifice of blood, to go to the temple to bring a worship, to access God through another person. We thank you that we have direct access to God through Jesus, to the Father, by the Spirit. And Lord, may this good news fill our hearts with encouragement and joy and peace this Easter Sunday and always. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, we're come to the end of our service uh, tonight and uh, I just want to wish you all a happy Easter for the rest of it that remains and uh, hopefully see you all uh, again soon and I'm just going to ask God's blessing uh, upon us all before uh, we go. Now may the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be with us all now and always. Amen. Okay, take care everyone and hopefully see you soon. Bye now.